This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. Judd, we made it. We made it out of the preseason, and we have now entered... The regular season here. We have to wait like two weeks. Yeah. But, but we, have, yeah. we have emerged from preseason football. How does it feel? Oh, uh, it feels fantastic. You know, it's funny. When training camp starts, you're like so ready to just watch football practice. You're just happy football's back. Yeah. And then right around the time you get the first preseason game, you're like, God, thank God it's finally a game. And by now you're like, I got to see a real game. So it's sort of yeah. like an addi- it's sort of like an addiction pattern moving down the road of football addiction, and by now you're like, I gotta see again. Give me Tampa Bay. Give me Baker Mayfield. Feels yeah, and good. we're and of course we're the we're the idiots who we we signed off on a so every year Hubbard Radio so Hubbard Radio and Hubbard TV are all under the same roof, and we are kind of the little like digital uh, startup engine that could off the side, but. Every year, there's a big Carousel Park stage show or like blocks of time where, you know, hey, can Score North go out there? Can Purple Daily go out there for an hour and hang out with people? And I don't know. We just didn't think about there being a Saturday noon preseason. Usually the games are at night unless it's a Sunday. Yeah. So we're the yeah. idiots that were out there. And thank yeah. you to everyone who showed up. We didn't like promote it a whole lot, but a bunch of you guys showed up and hung out with us for an hour while we told stories and interacted with the audience, but it was during the game. So you and I were like on your phone for the, we did see the Jaron Hall touchdown drives just on your phone, kind of in the backstage area and then watch the game later. But yeah, we're just like, yeah, uh, this is the number one Vikings podcast in America. And we're so smart that we're doing a live podcast during the third preseason game. (laughs) It was fun though. And folks to your point showed up. And it was awesome. So, yes, thank you. Th- thank you for ignoring the Vikings to watch a Vikings show. I hope you did not all do what we did, which is go home then and watch the entire game. But um, I felt an obligation. Judd's camp notes would, would have felt it was cheating the customers if he had suddenly not watched a full preseason game. Yeah, Judd's so, camp notes can't turn out to be a fraud, you know, yeah. coming around the the home stretch. So we're gonna. this is just going to be a little Sunday check down episode. We're going to hit you 15, 20 minutes here. Um, there's one one major topic that we'll get into, but a shout out to our friends at TCL, which has award winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs, too. They offer mobile products, audio devices and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. So Jaron Hall winds up finishing pretty strong here. It, the, Okay, the Vikings, I guess the, the real headline, if you want, is the Vikings still haven't won a preseason game, if you care about that. It's been four years. They go 0-3 again. I and love, they couldn't score a point in the second half. So I guess if you care about that, then that happened. So I think I think they are thrilled, though. So And here here's why. The four joint practices and then the preseason games being played exactly how they, they want them played with, like, the backups and stuff. I actually think that they're I think O'Connell's handling of the preseason is just perfect. So he, you absolute, don't, 
You don't think he's a little annoyed that they no. had a 17-3 lead and they could have gotten oh, gotten a preseason win? Maybe a little annoyed, but he could have prevented that if he had wanted to. But he needs to see guys play. And plus put, the joint put practices. Put Kirk in in the fourth quarter. Well, <laughs> do you remember, if you recall, you know, when they did four preseason games and joint practices were not the norm, do you remember like the and, – and I bought into to this too, so I'm just as guilty. But do you recall like the amount of panic, like when Kirk's series didn't go well, or if oh, Kirk yeah. played, and it's like you know he got to get ready for a season now. He's, um, I love this new thing of just let's slow cook the entire thing. Let's slow cook the entire thing. Let's look at who we have to look at, and let's use those three games as as basically they are. They are games now used where you can, where you are like situationally. The only thing you can't control is the situational football, but everything else you control who plays, when they play, and no starters get near the field. I actually think that this is perfection for what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to your point, like obviously, if they, if they really wanted to prevent that loss yesterday, they would have just put better players in and the, they could have put better players in in the fourth quarter or something. They could have put now, those of- guys who started back in. Yeah. So I guess my main takeaway from yesterday is so Jaron Hall got a chance to play with the actual backups largely in the first half yep. as opposed to, you know, the largely now the, the backups on the third string sometimes kind of blend together because the rosters aren't deep enough to have. Uh, well, I guess when there's 90, they are deep enough mathematically to have three full strings of players, but he played really well in the first half. Is it fair to say I'm just going like Kevin Seifert had a nice little sum- summation of the Trey Lance flirtation. Ian Rappaport was floating some stuff. We know that the Vikings, based on credible reports, were talking with the Niners even during like March and April before the draft about Trey Lance. He winds up going for a fourth round pick to Dallas. And uh, and, and Kevin Seifert said the Vikings were not in at the end on the Trey Lance talks. They might have been a consideration before the draft or, or he might have been before the draft, but they are invested now in fifth round pick Jaron Hall. Kevin O'Connell said today on Hall after the third preseason game, quote, I would definitely like to keep him around, referred to just how happy he was with Hall's retention of the offense, understands where the opportunities are for him, and really hopes that they can keep developing him. Is it fair to say that the Vikings, at the end of the day, like if they really wanted Trey Lance, they could have said, all right, let's do a third round pick, right? Let's do a let's do a something yeah. better yeah, than what Dallas it. offered. Yes. They chose, it sounds like, Jaron Hall over Trey Lance. And I think that that makes sense in O'Connell's world because he has now put, you know, a, a lot of time and effort into Jaron Hall, who, but who, by the way, going back to the comment uh, when I asked O'Connell about it last week about the strategy of keeping three QBs now, because the third guy does not go against the, well, he's on the, he has to be on the 53 in the cuts. But then on game day, he's not going to count against your roster, but he can play if guys get get hurt. And before you say, well, that's not going to take place, uh, that's basically the whole rule is the Niners rule in their playoff game at uh, Philadelphia where they lost their first two quarterbacks and were you know essentially screwed. So that rule was put in for a reason. O'Connell's a quarterback. And the other thing, too, that makes sense about this, Phil, and this is, by the way, I thought Jaron Hall showed some things. I thought he did, like we saw him play, I thought he showed some things. That being said, just to be very clear from my standpoint, I am not guaranteeing, like, oh, my God, he's going to be great. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But you know what this is? This is sort of, and 
of course, because of backup QBs in this town and the most recent coach, it's sort of a PTSD situation. But this is how you try to develop a quarterback. Like, this is what you do. You, you, um, for lack of a better term, like a plant, like a young, like a young plant, you water them and you spend time with them and you don't put them as the marquee plant in your home. Like they're not front and center, but you cultivate them. And I think what we're seeing now, and this again, I think is a big part of the reason that Kevin O'Connell was hired is you can see the cultivation of Jaron Hall. You don't put him down. You don't yank him out if he makes a really boneheaded play. You bring him along, and that's going to give you the chance to find out. So so it does make sense that if they've decided, hey, we invested a fifth-round pick. Uh, in particular, our head coach said draft this kid, which he clearly did. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense, too, that they would that they're now going to put an investment. So before we all say, oh, Jaron Hall's a fifth-round pick, he got no chance. Kellen Mond couldn't, you know, it's a third-round pick. Before we say that, I think we need to be cognizant of the fact that the situation is very different. And I think what we have seen is really the start of a new era in Vikings football where they are going to put in a lot of time and effort into trying to develop a guy like Jaron Hall. Yeah, and on the and on the Trey Lance front, just to put a bow on it, he's not a ready-made, even though he's been in the league for two years with the injuries and just with the lack of playing time and throws, he's also still a project. So while I would have given up a fourth-round pick to have Trey Lance on the roster, and I would have just sort of had to figure out, okay, can I put Jaron Hall on the practice squad? Does he get claimed by another team? Um, I, I am still interested in what Trey Lance could be I understand it may not seem like much to fans that you know the draft happened in May. It's not that long ago. That you know, it's like five months ago, but that's a May to the end of August in terms of football development is a lifetime. Cause all the mini camps, OTAs, the entire summer of playbook retention and everything that you're that you're building in the summertime stacks up. You bring Trey Lance in and he's kind of you'd stash him away. And you would you would do what you can behind the scenes, but once the regular season hits, especially look at like the first few weeks of the season. Okay, well, we're we're all in with the first team offense and Kirk preparing. We have to win that home game against the Buccaneers because the schedule gets really weird. And then it's a quick turnaround, Philadelphia. Right, the time to develop Trey Lance would have been trading for him in March, get him in the door, yeah. May, June, OTAs, mini camps, full summer of playbook retention, everything. They might just feel like, hey, you know, if the price tag was going to outbid the other teams, maybe it had to be a third-round pick. I'm not doing that, by the way. Like, I I was a fifth or sixth-round guy. So when Dallas stepped up with the fourth, and the other thing, too, is I believe that Dallas is now taking on all of uh, Lance's contract. I think there were teams that definitely told the Niners, okay, if we're going to give you a fourth-round pick, you're keeping some of that. So, like, the Vikings, you know, we we have to be aware – of the fact, and I don't, I don't think there's a financial problem here. But you know, Quasi's operating, I as so far, much more um, fiscally responsible in some ways, I think, than Rick did. Like, yeah, there's he, some well, he hasn't handed out a contract know, yet, so. <laughs> but there's some type of end game here we don't know yet or don't see. So my guess is that at the very least, uh, when they talked in the spring, that the Vikings said, okay. We're interested in Trey Lance. One, we're not going to obviously give, give up a ton for him. But two, you're going to have to San Francisco keep some of his salary. And I think Dallas said, that's fine. We'll take on the entire thing. So, like, I could see a lot of potential deal breakers here as well mm-hmm. for 
for we took Jaron Hall to your point. We developed him or we're working on that. And also from a Trey Lance standpoint, we don't want that entire cap hit on us. Do you okay, I'll ask you this question too. Do you feel like to this point in Kirk Cousins Vikings career, there's never really been an actual heir to the throne? They've they've drafted Kellen Mond and that turned yeah. out to not be, you know, anywhere near a viable uh, you know, competitive backup. Sean Mannion was one of the worst backup quarterbacks in the league buddies. for years. Trevor Simeon. Simeon. Now Nick Nick Mullins is a good backup, but he but he's no threat to like he's a backup. be a franchise quarterback or a starter. And now yes. Jaron Hall, it's a nice little flyer in the fifth round. He's got some interesting tools, seems like a mature, smart guy, but he's a multi year project, right? And do you do you think there is any sort of Kirk Cousins angle here to boy if it's one thing to have Jaron Hall learning and developing. It's another thing to trade for a former top three pick who's six foot four, toolsy, all these things. Well, if they if that's the case, then I would think that they have every intention of trying to bring Kirk back. But if they had every intention of trying to bring Kirk back, why didn't they sign him to a three year extension in March? And yeah, and I, at some yeah. point but you're you're right. Like I, I call them Kirk's caddies, because Kirk's had caddies. Like the, these guys are Pulling the the golf bag. Hey, you want a seven? You want a seven iron here, yeah. Kirk? I'd like. So you're absolutely correct. I guess if they were afraid at all to have a real backup to Kirk or to have a threat to Kirk, not even like a real backup, my question would be: That means you're going to keep him, and if you're going to keep him, why didn't you try and extend him in March? So that's confusing to me. I don't know. I still have no clue, and we certainly on this show have not. Uh, shut the book on Kirk staying here for, you know, 2024, 25, 26. But all of that being said, I don't know what their intention is. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, and who knows, I, it still wouldn't shock me if like a couple days before the season, they came to some sort of like two year agreement. It would not surprise me at all. If they've loved everything they've seen from him in the off season, he seems to be looking at even like the, the the number 66 jersey stuff, the handlebar mustache stuff. Like he's, he's so much more of a, I guess I'll just say culture leader than he was three or four well, years ago. And yeah, he clearly has been told to, and he's done it. He's embraced himself. Like yeah. he is now Kirk Cousins. Uh, f- sort of fu- funny, slightly uncomfortable, geeky. Sort of like me in some ways. But, um, yeah, he definitely has embraced this thing. And and you know what? Good for O'Connell. But it's just we- the contract thing remains weird. And I would agree with you completely that it wouldn't be surprising a couple days before the season to get something done if there weren't more pressing contract issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, at some point, again, and I know it doesn't have to be right this second. Justin Jefferson is going to have to to get done. And I I sort of guess that unless Kirk took a almost below market deal, I think Jefferson's the linchpin here because you sort of need to know what his contract looks like before you go hog wild on Kirk. The Hawkinson thing I don't get um, completely in and of itself. But, yeah, there's just – I mean, quasi has got a lot here that I feel is probably – because it's not as fun to talk about – not being focused on enough just from a contract standpoint and who they're going to pay yeah. and when they're going to pay them. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. This is a good window now for the next two weeks where this is a time where contracts sometimes get done. So we'll see what happens with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. Ah. 
Ah, it's my, oh man, now it's my elbow hurts so much. He's going through that song, the leg bones connected to the (laughs) hip bone. What's next? The contract bone. connected to the thigh bone. It's my thigh. It's my contract bone. 42 million guaranteed. I feel great. My wallet. My back hurts because my wallet's so light. I need something. Give us a couple other just things that stood out to you in that third preseason game, and then I have a a, a fun little uh, quiz for you, and then we'll we'll say goodbye on this checkdown episode. What were a couple things that stood out to you yesterday? Um, a couple things that stood out to me are who played and who did, did not play. Now I saw if I can find this here quickly. Seifert had a tweet about about the Vikings sat forty five players yesterday. Last week in the game against the Titans, it was. 38 and in week one of the preseason against Seattle it was 26 um but let's start with who did play which leads me to believe that he is in trouble despite a pretty solid camp Jalen Rager played Jalen Naylor coming back from injury did not O'Connell loves Naylor I think Naylor has the roster made now that he's back Wangwu is a big question here. I'm not going to be surprised if he gets cut because he has not done anything. Uh, and I don't think they're particularly uh, pleased about that. But the fact that Rager played, and when you look at who played and who didn't play, um, and there were some guys banged up that O'Connell t- talked about, including uh, backup quarterback Joan Williams, who he wanted to play but couldn't. But that one stood out to me. Uh, it also stood out, and this is a good thing, Ivan Pace Jr. did not play. Like, He's just locked in now. He is just locked in. And that? For a, Undrafted and for a, free yeah, agent that's rookie, dude. Say. That's exactly what I was I, – I mean, a guy that comes in undrafted. How, how many times have you seen in a, in a rookie year a UDFA kid impress them so much that by the last game they're like, we're good. That really stood out to me. Never, never. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's rare. That I mean, usually you get like maybe one UDFA that makes the team, or maybe a couple. I mean, there's other there's some franchises that I'm sure several do because their rosters are so depleted. But for him to not only make the team, but to make it so ironclad that he doesn't have to play in the last preseason game is pretty incredible. I I've been saying all along in my uh, roster projections, and we'll do 4.0 on Monday. I've been saying all along that Dwayne McBride looks like a practice squad guy, seventh round pick. I think there's some things he does not get, but because of the whole Wong Wu thing, do you think McBride makes it instead of like, like it might be a holding place for a veteran that they're going to sign. But I wonder, I wonder if he's going to at least make the initial 53. Cause I think you're going to keep, I think you're going to keep at least three running backs and I just don't know that Kane is that that guy now. I mean, he literally has disappeared. It's I mean, it would be between in terms of guys that are currently on the ninety man camp roster. If 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 Wangu's not a part of the equation, then it would have to be either Dwayne McBride or probably Abram Smith. The the he's the the, the dude who tore up the XFL. I think he led the XFL in rushing for like yeah. the DC defenders. Uh, but there are some other guys sitting out. I mean, Kareem Hunt is still sitting out there. Could they have maybe? You know, could they have seen such a lack of depth, and maybe, maybe they're so disappointed with Dwayne McBride, and because they 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 Quasi said they had a starter grade on him, not meaning like week one of his first season, right. but that they probably thought he was further along than he really is. He also had a, it's a small sample size, but he had a seventeen pass protection grade out of a hundred according to Pro Football Focus in the like you know small handful of opportunities he got. Some of this is. Hey, if you have to be out there on a passing down, 
can you pick up your guy without right. getting confused and putting your quarterback in a bad spot? And I, I feel like that's a question with most of these young running backs right now. So I guess if there was any thought that they might sign another veteran running back still on the market, that thought is stronger after watching these three preseason games. Oh, a thousand percent. And I think what they would do is I think that you would keep uh, that when you make the cuts on Tuesday, to get down to 53, I think you would keep a McBride or or a Smith, to your point, and then replace that player. Uh, because I ultimately don't think McBride would get, get claimed. And I still think that he is a long shot. I'm just saying the Wangwu, the Wangwu thing has gone from where I thought he was a roster lock when training camp started to, I don't know now. But yes, and I also wonder if they would try to, and this might be depending on the urgency of teams around the league, Phil. I wonder if they would try to get through the first week um, without said veteran back and then sign him. Because, again, if you sign the guy after week one, it's not a, it's his salary is not guaranteed, mm-hmm. which makes sense of why you do that. But I got to think that there is at least depth concern right now at that spot. And we all expect that Alexander Madison's going to be fine. But he's new at this part. So, like, it's not like, uh, oh, he's been doing this for five years. So I, I just think of all the positions, I think that one is probably like a depth of we need to do something else. Yeah. Well, Alex Madison also is averaging fewer than four yards per carry the last two seasons. And I like Madison. Yeah. But what you're taking a guy that's under four yards a carry yeah. in a backup role and moving him into yeah. a starting role. It's a question. Yeah, I know it is it's a big question. Um. I've got the seven highest graded preseason offensive players for you here. I'm going to read okay. through these according yeah. to Pro Football Focus. These are guys with at least who played at least ten snaps. Okay. Jordan Addison was the highest graded preseason player for the Vikings. Tight end Colin Thompson was second. Josh Oliver, the tight end, the run blocking tight end, he'll be a he'll be a starter in the in twelve personnel. Ty Chandler four. Austin Schlotman five. Vidarian Lowe, the uh, the backup tackle, was he actually I think played the most uh, second most snaps of anyone. He was the sixth highest grade, and then Jalen Rager was the seventh highest graded offensive yeah, player. He looked good in the games. On the defensive side, let's give you the seven highest ranked players here. Um, Sheldon Day, ninety seven snaps for Sheldon Day. He was the the interior defensive lineman. He was good yesterday too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a sack this preseason. He had uh, six pressures, so pretty nice little preseason run for him. Jay Ward was the second yeah. highest graded player. Big Hybrid defensive yesterday. back. Yep. Forced the fumble. Yep. Edge rusher Curtis Weaver was third. Linebacker Tanner uh, Vallejo was fourth, followed by Jawan Williams, the cornerback, a Caleb Evans. And then I might be going one too far. Uh, Theo Jackson was seventh. Yeah. The guy, Theo Jackson, the safety. So those are your, your top performers okay. in the preseason. According, This is for the whole preseason, according yep. to Pro Football Focus. Interesting. I wonder if they're going to, when when you read that uh, Jalen Rager grade, I wonder if they're going to try to trade him Tuesday. Because, like, they played him in this yeah. third game, which they didn't play a lot, a ton of guys in. So they clearly had a purpose. And, you know, it's not to punish him. I wonder if it was to get more put on film, as the football folks like to say, yeah. to try to get a draft pick for him. 
Yeah, I, I mean, they're going to have to. The number crunch game is going to be really interesting. They'll I just saw some some, something else on the on yeah on the defensive side. Ivan Pace was the third lowest graded defensive player according to Pro Football Focus, but it's weird. So he was very highly graded as a tackler and as a pass rusher coming forward. He was he was dinged quite a bit in coverage and sort of like where he's supposed to be in the run defense yep. game. Yes, that's which exactly. I think matches the eye test, right? That's what I talked about after the Titans game. From the press box, you could see the problems. His pursuit is awesome. Like he is an energizer bunny. Yeah. But because of his size, if he's in the wrong place in the run game, it's hard. It can be hard for him to get around certain guys. And now, and now he is sealed off from the play. Mm. So that's interesting. That that makes perfect sense. They're going to need to be careful there. Um, you know. He's going to be – there are certain situation, situations in which I think he's going to be super effective, and there's going to be certain situations where they probably need to be careful about who's on the field to win. Yep. Yep. So there he is. At this, I mean, he's an undrafted rookie free agent for a reason. It's not like, oh, my God, he should have been a yeah. first-round pick and he fell into the Vikings' laps. He's got flaws. That's why he mm-hmm. wasn't drafted. It looks like it paid off, though, which is good. That's, that's you know – I mean, for a guy who dropped through the draft to be – to impress the coaching staff enough to to sit him out for the third preseason game, that's pretty damn good. So good for him. Yes. Another thing that's pretty damn good is our friends at Nutrisource. Oh, yeah. Nutrisource chicken and rice is the go-to food. So Maya Mackie tricked me yesterday. Of course you did. You know, sometimes if you don't communicate, you know, I forgot that I fed her lunch. So really it was my fault. But then a couple yeah. hours before her dinner slot, she was looking at me like, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, I didn't get lunch. So Maya actually got an extra half scoop of Nutrisource chicken and rice yesterday, Judd. Mm. That, my good man, that is a Stella trick. That is a dog trick from way back when. They know that we're dumb and they know that we forget things and feel bad. And so, yes. So then they're like, I haven't eaten. And when it's Nutrisource, it's like, yeah, it's on more Nutrisource. Thanks a lot, Pops. You got to learn, man. You got you got to have some sort of, of like marker for when you've, uh, fed them less because they will take advantage each time. But good for Maya, yeah. an opportunist. And and you know what? Just proving again, Nutrisource is a puppy favor. Yes. Uh, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer in your neck of the woods. You can find them all over the country. So uh, check them out. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Eating better is easy with Factors. Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save, and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 and use code purpledaily50 to get 50% off. That's code purpledaily50 at factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. Um, All right, any final thoughts here before we say goodbye on this night? We're going to have Judd's final 53 projection on Monday. Yep. Yep. We're going to have... well, we will lay out the fall Purple Daily schedule for you this week, too. We've got all sorts of fun things. I mean, you've already heard 
you know, Purple Daily on draft now with Tyler Fornis and Miles Gorham and Declan. Before I Die with you and Jesse Pierce and Ross Brendel. Uh, those are back in the mix. Our guy Alex Boone is coming back for some film reviews, and he's going to join the full crew. We're just trying to lock down the final nice. pieces of the schedule. But we'll, we'll unveil kind of our full season-long Purple Daily schedule. We're going to add another live stream early in the week, likely Mondays. But uh, any final preseason thoughts before we uh, say goodbye and then do the 53 tomorrow? Um. I would guess the roster cuts might start to at least some of them leak out today and certainly tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be there. They're not going to inform uh, the guys who are being cut all on Tuesday. Hey, you're cut. One now. Zoom call. Get yeah. everyone, yep. everyone yep. on two Zoom hey, calls. On a Zoom call. <laughs> you know how we talk about this being a rough day? It ain't a rough day at all. You're cut. So anyway, I, I would guess that those uh, that that information is going to start to leak out Sunday, uh, and if not Sunday, for sure on Monday. But you know what? I think as far as th- things go, this has been and remains to me such an interesting team and season because there's been enough change now. Like a year ago, I was sort of confused as to the, the stand pat n- nature of things, but you sort of knew who was going to play, right? You sort of did. I think that there is, and especially now with Flores, who, who quite frankly, I thought showed more of his blitz packages in the preseason than I expected, which speaks to what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is among the most intriguing seasons in recent times as far as not that it's going to be great, not that it's going to be bad, but there's a lot of unknown. There is a there lot is. of unknowns here, and and those are going to continue to grow when it comes to contracts, when it comes to roster construction. Um, but this really feels like O'Connell and obviously to a certain degree Quasi. This is, this is the first team that they're really putting their stamp on. And I would not say that last year they put their stamp on it. I think that they did a good job of guiding it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the variance of sort of what, what could happen. I think when you, when you do have Kirk cousins as your quarterback, historically, you're going to be a good solid team at worst. So they do have that, but yeah, who knows? And, and, and I would say another good thing is that as different as the defense is going to look, it can't get a whole lot worse than it was last year. So I think the only way is up, even if they have some train wrecks here and there where they get too aggressive and they get burned over the top and some of these inexperienced young players, you know, maybe aren't what we thought. The good news is it can't add up to being much worse than what we saw last year. So we'll see it. It it feels like the win total for a bunch of reasons is going to come down, but it feels like it feels like the quality of what you're seeing could actually go up. So we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what that manifests as in terms of a win loss total, but. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think the defense, I, I think that what's going to be interesting about this is when they get burned now, it's going to be more spectacular. <laughs> like yeah. with Donatello, yeah. it's like, what are you doing, man? Too high shell and that don't work. You're an idiot. This yeah. one's going to, to be, did you see all those guys that they sent on, on the blitz and so-and-so didn't hold up on the back end or something? So I do think that there's going to be more of a, well, at least they had the right idea. I don't think last year I said that they had the right idea on defense once. It didn't seem like they. I was did. always it like, was, "What are you doing?" It was uh, although maybe maybe the idea last year was, "Hey, if we're going to give up a touchdown drive, let's make it death by paper cut so that the offense can get a breather." Maybe that was the strategy. This year, the offense is going to be like, "Oh God, we got to go back out there, forty-eight yep. yard touchdown." Anyhow, all right. Thanks for uh, for hanging out with us here on this preseason recap episode on a Sunday. We're going to hit you with Judd's final fifty-three man roster projection tomorrow on Purple Daily. And if you could click the subscribe button and the like button on our YouTube channel, you can help us grow this thing and spread the word. And the same is true 
on Spotify and Apple, a five-star rating and a positive review both go a long way to helping us uh, chart higher and just spread the awareness. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.